Yo, yo, what's up, everybody? This is Logan Hughes, and I want to welcome you to another episode of the Get a Job podcast. I'm incredibly excited to have this next guest on because he provides so much value. Uh, if you follow him on Facebook or Instagram or follow his podcast, he provides so much value, some, some, just so much good stuff in the financial space that you will learn something from him by just following him. So I had to have him on the show um, because the financial piece as an agency owner is something that I didn't figure out until very later. And I wish I had someone like him to uh, help uh, get my stuff together. Uh, let's just let's just say that. So uh, his insight into finances, uh, especially for agency owners, are on parallel. Um, so I want to welcome the amazing Cameron Williams to the show. Cameron Williams is a CEO and founder of Kinley Consulting LLC. He has 11 years of experience within the accounting industry in both private and public accounting, serving tech, card, press, uh, card processing, energy, PR, and other industries. Over the past five years, he's helped hundreds of marketing agencies and business owners save over $600,000 plus in taxes and make more money while streamlining their, uh, streamlining their finances in the process. Cameron's practical strategies not only clearly communicate the confusing accounting and tax world, but empower business owners to take control of their money so that they can live the life they want and create the company they always imagined strategically. Cameron is on a mission to impact 300 marketing agencies with his financial strategies to grow the impact and income by 2030. If you're an agency owner, you don't have your finances in order, you need to listen to this podcast. It's going to help you out so much. So without further ado, please listen to this conversation with the one and only Cameron Williams. You, you are now listening to the Get a, get a, get a Job Podcast. Your host, Logan Hughes. Welcome to another episode of the Get a Job Podcast. How are you doing today, my friend? Doing great, man. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited. Yeah, me too, man. You know, I've uh, been seeing a lot of your your social media, right? And you, you're probably one of the people that I think provides the most value on their social media. Uh, and I and I know everyone tries to do that, right? Like it's important to obviously shed some value and. Um, right. And shed some light on some things, but if you're not following Cameron, you you have to because uh, he just he he shares so much insight, and um, you, you know to be honest, I, I wish it, we'll talk after this about you know what we can do to probably you know work together yeah. for sure. Um, but something that I, I wish I had when I first started was getting the finances and everything in order and in check, right? And I did not do that for a year or two years into business, and it really screwed me up. So uh, before we get into the business side of things, I, I do want to start uh, from the beginning and just, you know, learn a little bit more about you. 
what led you on this entrepreneurial journey of yourself and in your business and, and kind of what got you to this place that you're in now? All right, sure. Well, again, thank you for having me. Thank you for actually watching the content because, you know, you're always like, man, are people watching this? Are they yeah. paying attention? Like, I hope they don't call me about this because I just did a video. So I <laughs> <laughs> appreciate that. But um, no, I'm Cameron Williams, owner of Kenley Consulting, where we focus on strategic financial growth for marketing agencies specifically um, as of July, which is, I guess, now officially last month. Uh, we've been, been been in business for five years, so it's been a great journey. Um, all right, let me think about your question. So the first question, how did we get started was the yeah. first one. Yeah. Um, we got started. Uh, you like stories on this podcast, so here I we do. go. <laughs> so we got started. So I graduated early. I think I was 21, had a bachelor's in accounting finance, got the master's. So I've always been in accounting um, from day one. So I guess I'm about to turn 33 in five days. So I guess it's oh, been like go. 13 Happy years. early birthday then. <laughs> yeah, man. Happy birthday. Um, so I guess it's been 12 or 13 years now at this point. Did really well in corporate, moved up really fast. Um, and then the very last company I was at, they were doing this huge migration from Baltimore to Atlanta. So they overhired. Next thing I know, they cut everybody at my level, which was the supervisor level um, for all of the departments. So literally, we all got like let go on the same day, but none of us knew it until afterwards. Oh, no. So we were like, you you got let go for what? They said oh. what? So we're like, man, it was the same thing. So that's how we kind of knew something was up. Um, so from there, uh, we had the birth of kid number two, who is now five. Um, and you know, to be honest with you, I, I tried to just keep applying for jobs. I'm like, oh, you know, I got a master's in accounting. Like, oh, I've never not had a job. Oh, this would be easy. And I literally didn't get anything. Um, got a couple of interviews, but didn't get anything. And I just remember me and my wife were, of course, praying super hard. And one day she told me, she was like, why don't you start your own company? And me, I'm like, me? Like, <laughs> why would I do that when I could just go? She's like, you ever thought about it? And we just kind of battled on that. Um, that was like October 2017. I didn't start the company till July of 2018, um, just after a lot of prayer. And it started because my friend um, who's in music, he was on QuickBooks and he's like, man, this stuff is so hard. I'm like, no, that's easy, blah, blah, blah. And the light bulb just went off. Like I knew I was going to help and encourage people. I just didn't know how. And I was like, I don't want to be no motivational speaker. Like who's doing that? But when that happened, I'm like, I can help people with their accounting. And so from there, um, we started July of 2018. And every year we just got better. Of course, bumps and bruises along the way. Um, tried a lot of different things in regards to how to position the services or what marketing methods are the best. But, you know, within the past, I'd say three years, um, we settled on agencies just because I literally asked my mentor, shout out to my mentor, Jamie. I see you. <laughs> but she was literally like, why don't you pick marketing agencies? So I'm like, well, why do you say that? Because I know you're not going to say it without a reason. And her reason was, well, Cam, we need to pick people who are the best fit for us. Based on your personality, the type of person you are, I just think you would do really well with agencies because they tend to be 
on the younger side, family oriented, more upbeat, willing to listen, learn, etc. And so I was like, all right, I'll try it. And she was like, hey, you're not going to be married to it. If it don't work in six months, pick something else. Sure. But it went amazing. And so we've just gotten deeper and deeper into all of the things that marketing agencies care about. Like literally, I was meeting with somebody today. I was like, break down GHL for me. Because mm-hmm. I'm like, most of my clients have it. I know it in general. So, you know, they went through. Shout out to Melissa Blair, by the way. Yes. Go check it out. But um, they went and broke it down. And I, I say that to say we want to be immersed in the niche. We don't want it to be where we just work with everybody and we think sure. we have a one-fit-all solution because, as you guys know, business doesn't work that way. We have maybe two or three packages that everybody will fall into, but every single business needs different things, different strategies at different points in time. So I think I've answered all your questions. Yeah, that's amazing, man. And it's funny because, you know, I would not think of like the marketing agency to be an niche itself, but it makes so much more sense when you think about it for, for all those reasons that you mentioned. What are what are some of the things that marketing agencies face the most in terms of problems with either their finances or just, you know, getting everything organized in general? What are some of the things that you see on your end? Uh, that okay, can- that's a great question. So. I think I can answer it kind of in a all-inclusive answer. I think a lot of times, which is, I mean, how do I say it? I'm just saying, I'm going to act like we family on this podcast. Mm -hmm. So a lot of times they don't know where they're going, one, and two, they've never made this much money in their life. Like, think about it. The average person working a regular W-2 job, you know, if you're making five, six, seven thousand a month, like you're doing pretty like great so then you have somebody that's late 20s early 30s maybe married with a kid and in my first year when i was doing this on the side i made eight grand a month and now i'm really focusing on this super hard in year two and now i'm at 20 or 25 or 30 grand per month that's money that none of us or our parents or grandparents have ever seen So I think first is kind of helping them just get a hold on the fact that, hey, like literally uh, I was talking to one of my clients uh, yesterday and I was like, bro, this is not a year and a half ago when we first started. Like you're literally you have 40 grand in the bank Mm -hmm. last year at the beginning of the year. It was different. You know, he may have had a thousand or two grand, but I'm like, you've done the work. We've worked on a lot of things. So I think first there's understanding that piece. And then Mm -hmm. secondly, you don't know what you don't know. You've never made 30 grand a month, so you don't know the problems that come with it. So I think being able to walk with them through that, for example, you know, there may be payroll or paying contractors. What's the difference between a contractor versus an employee? Uh, we hit, we just paid the pavement on just, you got to grow your business, grow, grow, grow. But then we forget there's only so many hours in a day. So we're having to switch a lot of our people from, all right, you've done the hard work in growing, establishing a foundation. We need to think about scaling because you're like me. You got a newborn. You got a three-year-old. You can't lose that time. That time is too precious and important. So what can we do now that you have the 40 grand in a bank, for example? Can we utilize that? And maybe you'll take a loss on the PL, but in reality, for the long term, can we springboard the business even further Lighten that load, give you back, you know, that date night or that time with your kids by taking that money. And to me, I feel like the accounting industry has done 
an, inju- an injustice now. Like we're, we're outdated because we're not giving true value to the client, right? Like all of y'all know, like, what are these? This is office supplies. Like you don't need me to tell you that. You know what I'm saying? That's dumb. What you need me to tell you is, all right, because you're spending this amount on average for your office supplies, we can now move the money here. Or like we've talked about, uh, maybe it's a better long-term strategy to move these contractors to full-time employees because you'll get more control over their schedule, their salary. It's not going to be variable, a question every month, but we know pretty much within a few dollars what is going to be every single month. You have more control, etc. So now we're going into a lot more of that strategy, which is what we found most agencies, once they're hitting over 15, 20 grand, you don't need me to tell you office supplies. You need me to tell you, hey, how can I make more money the right way? It's not even about cutting me. Let's go buy 20 packs of printer paper. I hate when people do that because it's, do you even print nowadays? Like most of us, (laughs) so why are we doing that? But maybe we can do a bonus. Maybe we can increase salaries. Maybe we can take that and get, get those into financial instruments. Maybe we need to prepay some, some, uh, conferences. Um, maybe we can do some travel and bring the team with us. Maybe we can reinvest it back into education and different things of that nature. So there are so many other things that we can do. Um, we just got to sit down and make it to where we're on the same page. So to answer your first question, not making enough money or not being used to making that much money is problem one. Problem two is not knowing how to strategically focus in on what you're doing to amplify it while saving you time at the same time. I think if we continuously focus on those two things, agencies as a whole will be, they will feel much more comfortable um, and they'll be satisfied and happy with what they're doing. We didn't do this to work 16 hour days. Like we brag on it at the beginning, you know, like, oh man, I put in a 12 hour day. Right. Okay, but you married, right. you got a young kid. We right. don't have time for that no more. Right. At best, I'll give you nine or ten. Then right. we need to be up out of here. So <laughs> I hopefully answered your question. Yeah. No, I, I love that so much, man. You know, it's um, everyone talks about, you know, especially in the marketing world, uh, you know, financial freedom, right? That's sort of what everyone says uh, top of mind when you ask them about what you want, right? But what does that financial freedom inevitably mean? And that is, you know, with your work and your help setting people to actually know where they want to end up. Right. Cause you know, yeah. you asked me a year ago about what I, what, why did I start this agency for myself? It was, you know, obviously I'm a creative person and I just want to help business owners and have that financial freedom. But what does that actually right. mean? Right. So like yeah. having that structure in place to be able to visually show you as well, like here's things that you can do when you get to certain points and, and so forth, I think uh, is, Something incredibly important, and again, I, I'll just reinstate this, is something that I, I wish I had in the very beginning of this process, right? Because as younger entrepreneurs, obviously, we're excited to get going, but uh, I think for a lot of us, too, we, we kind of started off as a freelance work, right? So it's it's making right. that jump from the freelance world to starting to like, okay, now I actually need to be, uh, you know, actually operate as a business owner, right? And get everything sort of hand in hand. 
Um, yeah, to your point, like there's levels too, right? Like I'm not saying we're the person you hire day one. Because the fact of the matter is there are some things that you can do on a pretty basic level. That'll be okay. But to your point, like once you decide like, okay, I'm going to be an LLC now. Okay. I'm, I'm really going to start trying to scale this thing and take this serious. I would challenge you that one of the first things to invest in is a fractional, fractional CFO or, you know, somebody on that level, just because it just becomes more than, you know, I'm trying to look at what else I got around here, like <laughs> something like, OK, you know, your cell phones, that right. you know, your cell phones deductible. Right. <laughs> but like, OK, that's cool. That's not going to move the needle. Like just because we added that, that's not going to do anything. But I think if we can start focusing on the strategy piece, you'll see those returns come a lot faster. Like we literally just had the conversation with um, the guy from Monday talking about his his thing was first off, can I hire somebody? That's mm-hmm. one strategic conversation. First mm-hmm. off, what are they going to cost you? Do you have the the cash on your profit side? Can you do it and be profitable? Those are three different things. Mm-hmm. All right. Now, then it became, well, if I what about this other person? I want to let them go. Well, maybe we shouldn't let them go. You said they've been with you from the jump and you really enjoy them. It's just certain circumstances. So maybe we can move them into a different role. Maybe the role is not as expensive to the business, but then you got to think, when are you going to bring in their replacement? Have you started the hiring process? Well, I'm here to tell you, you need to set a deadline for when you're going to pick the person. You have to know when they're going to start. And then there's a training aspect. So we can't just be so quick to cut because maybe we can keep this person, get them to train them and then move them. And hey, again, you're not used to making money. You got 40 grand in the bank. You can afford to take a loss every month for the rest of the year and you'll still have over $30,000 in the bank. So that's what I mean about going deeper and actually giving value because the fact of the matter is, and I've done this long enough to know, we can send y'all a P&L and balance sheet and y'all are gonna go, Oh, okay. Thank you. <laughs> right. Like you, you, you may look at it and you know, like, right. okay, I made this much money, but you don't understand the, mm-hmm. oh man, I'm doing like merchant fees are a percentage or like we have some people, the more their contractors are, or the more money they make, the higher their contractors are. So do we need to put a threshold there or maybe that's not the case, but we need to put a threshold on what's going out the contractors and employees. Like all of those matter. And then, of course, what does cash look like? Why aren't we keeping cash? Oh, it may be because you're taking it all from the business. That's why it doesn't matter. So now we need to talk about personal budgets. Now now we need to figure out what's extra versus what we have to hit or we on the streets. So there are just so many components that I think if we as an industry were doing our job correctly, We would have a lot more financially savvy and healthier businesses, but we're just so used to just doing the bare minimum because that's the way it's always been. And I personally don't think that's right just because you don't get value. Yeah, we put it in the right bucket. So it's right. But that doesn't help you because you you don't know what's going on. You're not educated in a general sense on what does this mean? How do I look at it and how do I use it? It's just another piece of paper with numbers and words. And I don't think that really helps with it. 
Yeah, no, that's that's so true, and that's definitely an example of you know some of the accounts I've worked with in the past, right? It's just sort of balancing you know the records there, making sure things look good, and as a business owner, you know, I'm like, okay, I guess it looks good, but like explaining everything, setting a strategy that goes forward, you know, is is tremendous. Just would make it such a tremendous impact, and I think too from from people who are just starting off, right? Like, so so to kind of dig into a little bit of that scenario if someone is just starting out and you know, maybe has some sort of a side hustle or freelancer and and thinking about making that jump to an llc what are some things that they could do beforehand to kind of get everything in order i mean you know obviously yeah. get the quickbooks type of deal or whatever but like just what do you what do you recommend I, I guess from that side of things all right so if you're kind of first starting out on the side i would say if you're under let's just say five or six grand I would say, unless you know that you're really about to ramp uh, per month, by the way, five or six grand per month, I would say that at the beginning, you can probably handle it. Now, what does that look like for you? I've seen some people track it all in Excel. Okay, I ain't gonna knock it. Um, I would personally suggest that you get the regular version of QuickBooks. Don't get the self-employed because that's on a whole different platform. You won't get the data you need. You'll be super limited. And when you do get to work with somebody like us, none of that translates over to the stuff that you're going to need. So just get the basic, regular QuickBooks. And then an easy one, just designate a card or two as business only. I don't care if it's a personal checking or you go through the channels and get the business one. Whatever it is, just say this is the dedicated account. That in and of itself will save you a lot of headaches and problems because when you do come to us, it's very easy to say, yep, I got two checking accounts and one credit card. Mm -hmm. And so, okay, we know what to build. What gets very challenging is when it's, oh, well, I use my business and personal the same. It's like 50-50 or 60-40. Well, this is automatically more challenging because it's that, but across three or four different cards. And now for an audit perspective, because I used to audit, it's going to make you a bigger target because, sure. well, I know you're not keeping good records because you're not an accountant. <laughs> so I know how to ask it to trip somebody up if that's what I was trying to do. Mm-hmm. But you don't want to do that. So if you can, open up two new checking accounts. These are business only. Bam, mm-hmm. that's done. You have your QuickBooks. And then everything will at the least be available. That's the main thing we want. We want the data to be available. It's super hard when we hear the, I just have receipts. Like, keep your receipts. I'm not knocking it. Or you can come to 2023, take a picture, email it to yourself, save it. You know, just saying. But (laughs) we just want you to have it available. Don't just keep receipts um, because we, we're busy. We're trying to make money. You're not going to remember. I don't remember the stuff I spent money on in January unless it was huge. So there's no way any of us can keep up with that. And remember, whatever you're not tracking, the IRS is going to come get you. AKA, if you made a hundred grand and you say, oh, I spent 20 grand because that's all I remember. You're paying taxes on 80. Or is it really that you spent 80? You just didn't track it and you should only be paying taxes on 20. Those are two completely different numbers, ramifications, tax brackets, all of that. So it's very important, even if you're not a numbers guy, get a separate business account, basic QuickBooks file, connect them, 
And then if you don't do nothing else, just leave it all in there. You don't have to try to match it, do bank wrecks and all the things. Just leave it in there because you know eventually I'm coming to Cameron or whoever it is. So that would be my suggestion if you're at the five or six hundred. Um, once you get to really close to 10K or above, now that's when you got to make that decision of, yeah, you could profit more. But most of the time, that's when people's minds start to change because they're like, oh, man, I'm over six figures. I know that means more taxes. I need help. That's the perfect time to start looking for all right, I need a Cameron or I need, I'll use my mentor's name, Jamie, somebody who can not only keep it clean, a.k.a. office supplies, but um, that can tell me what, what should I be doing? What should I be looking at? How much should I be putting to the side um, every month to prepare for taxes? You know, when it's time to hire, do I need to put them through a certain way? Because contractors have to be handled a certain way. Mm -hmm. W-2 employees have to be handled a certain way. Can't be just writing paper checks. That's a whole different combo. So there's so many different pieces that you guys just won't know until the experience comes, until you work with somebody like us or Jamie, for example, that knows what's going on. We know how to communicate it to you in an easy to understand way and continue to empower you. You don't need to hire anybody Hear me when I say this, and I'm saying this as a fellow accountant. If they're not willing to spend time to teach you, if they're not willing to spend time to learn your business, your goals, your family in the general sense, like you don't need to tell them the person, but I'm married with three kids. Right. Like we need to know those things and we should want to because that's going to determine our strategy. I need to know if you're aggressive or if you're conservative. Those are two different tax strategies and way I'm going to approach your business. So if they're not asking these questions and being proactive, and we know tax season is different because right. the world likes to burn during March <laughs> and April. But outside of those months, like you want somebody that's responsive, that can make time for you within reason, um, and that's willing to educate you. A lot of times we get people and they're like, nobody ever told me this. My last accountant never told me anything. They never talked to me until it was tax time. That's not the right fit for you, especially in the long term. You want somebody that's willing to grow with you at each stage that's going to give you the numerical truth. Like this is numerically what you're doing. Right. We can make changes, but I just want you to know this is what it is. Now, what you do with the info is not right. on us, but we can advise correctly because of that. So that's your two things. Five can below. You pretty much can handle it on your own. Once you start creeping towards six figures on your past, it's time to cough it up. Don't pay like a hundred dollars. Like I've heard that story. Oh, I was paying like one eight hundred accountant. Well, how much did you pay him? Like eighty dollars a month. Yeah. I'm like, oh man. Why do? Why would you do yourself like? Well, what happened? They could never answer my question. They were always three weeks behind. You're going to get what you pay for. Even somebody on the lower end, I mean, they they could be really good and they're just new, so they don't know any better. That was myself. Okay, $300 a month. I thought that was a lot of money five years ago. Versus you need to be expecting if, let me put it like this. If you're making 10, 15, 30, 40, 50 grand a month, would you want to pay somebody $300 to track and handle all of your numbers for you. Yeah. Zero I doubt. <laughs> so don't do that. Just like I know 
for marketing, I know there are certain things I have to spend money on or else it's not going to work. It's going to be outdated. It's going to be behind. So 5K and below, probably can handle it for the most part. Mm-hmm. Once you hit six figures, time to cough it up. Yeah, man, there was so much value there and so many things that I did so wrong back in the day that, that you mentioned. So I, that if, if you're listening to this, uh, you know, go back a minute, minute and 30 and just re-listen to that because that was a, a lot of value right there. Uh, I mean, everything from, you know, the quarterly taxes, you know, massively, you have to be able to know how much you're paying, setting aside. And another thing, too, that I wanted to harp on. So the the setting of different accounts is something that I, again, uh, found out to do uh, relatively yeah. later on in this thing. Uh, and I was that person who mixed business with personal, right? So I was dipping into everything. So so you're just really quickly, again, to hash that, you're, you're recommending just uh, setting up two checking accounts, establishing one as like the business one and the other. Well, it, can be, right? it can be however you want. So first off, I, I really want to say, don't condemn yourself for your Bible people, no condemnation in Jesus. Uh, but don't condemn yourself because a lot of people come to us like that, right? They're like, man, I didn't know all these things or had I known better, I would do better. That's life. It's okay because you can always make the argument if something bad happened. Hey, I didn't know, but I am now with somebody who's been helping me to get it all clean up and fixed. If you're still dealing with people, most people would be like, okay, you know, we still have to deal with this past situation, but I'm glad you fixed it going forward because that answers whatever. Part one. Part two, it's going to be case dependent, right? Like some people who are just starting, um, it depends. Like if you have, we found some people love to have payroll set to the side. So I want to have a payroll account because that way when I get paid at the beginning of the month, I put it over there. What's in my checking account is what I actually have. Some people want to do savings. Some people want to do tax savings. Some people want to do the rainy day fund. So that's going to be case dependent and, again, dependent on what are your long-term goals. We harp a ton on that because if it doesn't fit your goals, we're wasting time and effort. So for somebody, like there's multiple ways. I have one client who's like, I just, I love the fact that I got 100 k in the bank. Okay. <laughs> That's that's cool. That's one strategy. Now, I already would tell him, since you're conservative, mm-hmm. you need to be prepared to pay more tax because you're not spending a lot. Right. So that's going to be one train of thought. And of course, we're going to create you a tax savings account. Somebody else I have, they're like, hey, I get paid and I get 70 percent to go into my business checking and I put 30 percent in savings. And that is the designated tax account. So I don't even see it. And I just live below my means. Great job. So that's him. Then you have people in the middle where literally every month we have to calculate, hey, your net income right now year to date is at 230 grand. Taxes on that is fill in the blank. All right. Let's now project to December if all of these different things that we've calculated and projected are true, you're going to be at net income of 450 Taxes on that is bam, we're in August. Let's start putting, that means we need to save about X a month, um, X amount per month to put to the side so that we're ready. So it can depend, um, but yes, at the least, you need to have, if nothing else, a business, some people call it OPEX or operating account. 
and mm-hmm. some type of secondary account, whether it's rainy day, payroll, savings, taxes, whatever. Can it be more than that? It can. Um, and I would also suggest you do that same thing personally as well, because we don't like to talk about the personal budgets, which a lot of those choices are what drive our business choices, right? Like I tell my people, I mean, we did this as a mastermind training. If you had to cut 25% in order to stay in business, could you do it? And a lot of times we know that we take money from the business probably more than we should, but you should have, what is that base number? So like if for me it's 5,500 to pay all my bills, uh, groceries, gas, and my fun spending date night money, mm-hmm. that's the minimum I need. Mm-hmm. Now, if you take 8K every month, that's cool. We now know whatever that difference is, um, you have that, what is that, $2,500 you could cut that and save that and bank it if necessary. Sure. But you need to be able to see and know these things. So that way, if you needed to, if it got rough, if a big client canceled and whatever, hmm. hey, this month, I know I can hit 5,500. Babe, we not going on a date to the movies. You know, you may not get your nails done, but once instead of twice. <laughs> but you know because we've given you that information and you're aware. So yes, hopefully I fully answered your question. Yeah, man. I mean, this is, this has been great. And, and again, like I, I can't harp enough on this just for anyone who's getting started in any type of business is make sure that all of this uh, is in order. Um, so yeah, reach out to Cameron. He's going to really, you know, be a big help to some, to all you guys out there. So I, I appreciate that, that insight, man. Transitioning a little bit to the marketing side of things. I just wanted to get, um, your your insight into what's been helping you and your business grow from from a marketing sense. I, I know you really put in a lot of effort on the or, or organic side of things uh, with your podcast and something it was so forth, which I, I want to talk a little bit about. But in terms of like what you've seen that worked for you and your side of things, what what has that looked like from a marketing perspective? Um, I would say the biggest thing is probably the organic content from the perspective of. And it's funny, but it's not funny, but it's funny. Pretty much everybody we have that was not a referral or that I didn't go to the gym with, ironically. Um, Hey, we watched your Facebook and every time something would come up and it would just speak to me. And I told myself, I'm not going to keep waiting because it's been a couple months. And that's typically how it starts. Um, So that's been great for us. Like I said, referrals and we do a referral program. Uh, so we try to, I don't want to say push it, but it is something that's available. Uh, we do have the podcast, which I wouldn't say is marketing. It's more something you as a marketer would probably say it is for me. I literally just was thinking, what can I bring that would help people? And that's really how that got started. Um, and I think the last one that we've really been trying to hit hard is, um, other people's stages. So if somebody's having an event, How can we get on there and do like what we're talking about now? Like everybody who's listening to this is getting the information that people pay us, you know, to to discuss or help them with, which is great. You get that value. How do we do that on a stage at a conference, though, at a at a traffic and conversions or any, you know, maybe it's your your local chamber of commerce, whatever that is. Um, and that's been working really well for us as well. And of course, we're just trying to take it to another level to get into those bigger conferences. So those are basically it. Organic, referrals, I guess the podcast and other people's stages. 
Yeah, the podcast is interesting, right? Because I, I, you know, when when debating on whether or not to do this whole thing, you know, I, I don't think I necessarily saw it as uh, a, a way to, you know, to to get business. I guess uh, it was just a, a a way to build deeper connections with yeah. the audience. Um, yeah. and, and, and I think a good segue leading into, into your podcast, uh, I think, uh, cause I was surprised, right? I, I think the podcast that you have is, is more family orientated, uh, to, for the most part. Right. So, and obviously providing value, but, um, but it, it, it's, it's interesting concept, man. So uh, give a shout out to your podcast and just kind of let everyone know where they can find that and what it's about. Um, so our podcast is Legacy's Journey, um, just creating something that outlives you because like we've been talking about that same energy, so to speak, that I give to clients about trying to keep that balance. Mm-hmm. Um, when you start getting around other business owners, and Logan can tell you this as well, like you start learning like, oh man, there's a better way to do these things or I can create my own rules or memories. So for me, working with agencies, I'm like, well, why not find other agency owners that I know have families and just ask them simple questions like, how are you keeping, you know, that fire and date night with your spouse? How are you incorporating kids into the business or do you plan on handing it to them or what do you hope they learn from it? Or, you know, we try not to get into like the statistics and the best KPIs and AIs. Like there's plenty of people that do that. But I found like keeping that family unit, when my family's good, I'm at my best. When my family is going through something or there's something there, you find out most people's performance tend to suffer. So how do we do both at an extremely high level? And what does that look like? And just to having different people on, like I've learned things that I try to implement now, whether that's we have... (laughs) Uh, and I, you probably know these guys like we had Damon talking about taking his kids on like day trips. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> we had Reno on, which these episodes haven't dropped yet. So Reno came on and was talking about how he it was a fight to try to keep business and family time separate. But it mm-hmm. was just a lot better for him to incorporate them both and get his kids involved in the business. Um, Ryan Lucia, he was talking about how you have to manage your time like money and really be all in with your with the kids and then all in when you're with the business and you have to communicate to both sides like hey kids it's busy it's tax season yeah daddy's not gonna be able to do as much we'll make it up and we'll kind of freestyle as we go but you are aware this this daddy time to get that money so (laughs) use it as a way for me personally to learn and people just have happened to like it because i guess it's not a common thing to discuss maybe but that's why we started that. So yeah, yeah. you know, it's 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 great that you mentioned uh, the the work life balance, right? Um, when you are your own, you know, you're the, the sole operator of your business. You can choose basically your hours, and then you start to have your family. That was literally the one thing that really was, and still to this day is is somewhat uh, tough, right? Because as an entrepreneur, you go 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 go. Uh, you, you can work any hours you want, right? But like, you know, right. shutting everything off at five or six, not Man, touching so your phone hard. and being dedicated to family is such yeah. a hard thing to be able to do. And it's, yeah. um, so from your experience, what are, what are some things that you would, I guess, uh, talk a little bit around that and, and some of the insights that, um, you, that you've seen? I think... Hey, you got to do what works for you, right? Because 
I think, well, to even take a further step back, first off, you can't ask the people that got W-2 jobs because it's not the same. Like, when they're off, I'm off. Right, In our right. case, I felt, you know, being an entrepreneur is a blessing because everybody can't do it. Mm-hmm. And one of the consequences, I guess, if you want to call it that, is your like to your point, your brain doesn't turn off, right. and it's not in the bad way, but it's like you're just always thinking of how can I be better, what can mm-hmm. I go to, what can I invest, how can I make this package better, how can I better, what can I do to enhance my client experience. That doesn't stop. Yeah. So what has worked for me, at least, a we have something that everybody looks forward to. So Saturday. And people laugh about this because I guess they're starting to understand and see it. We do pancake day. So yeah, like they know <laughs> if we wake up on Saturdays, we yeah. know that it's pan it yeah. don't matter if it's brunch, breakfast, or dinner, we doing pancakes. Yeah, pancakes. Yeah. So they know like, okay, what are we gonna put in them? Oh daddy, we mm-hmm. went or like now they're on Friday. Daddy, we ran out of fruit. We're not gonna mm-hmm. have any for pancakes. So put <laughs> something in your calendar that everybody in the family can look forward to. Mm-hmm. Um, and now, I don't know why I did this, but now they think that Moe's automatically is supposed to be every Sunday after church. <laughs> so I messed that one up, but now that's a one, two. Um, and number two, I would say put something in your schedule to help you cut off. So for me, that's the gym. So gym is at 5.30. I know that I'm done at 5.30. And it used to be when I didn't have as many kids, oh, I can get back on after and I keep hammering it out. But the way that our schedule is now, like when I get home from the gym, is making sure everybody ate, trying to get them to wind down, take your baths, get clothes on, wrap up hair so we can get in the bed. And then, of course, it's moving into boo time. Well, I learned a long time ago. Boo ain't trying to have too many babes. I gotta, oh, I gotta do this project. She not trying, she get, hey, you gotta bring in the money. Mm-hmm. But she also get, I'm not trying to hear that. I want my time um, with you because, you know, we don't want to end up on the bad side. So then you have to legit, if anything, I'll make a lot of notes. Like I get some idea, I'm gonna write it down on my phone, um, or I'll message it to myself, text it to myself, screenshot, whatever. But having that thing um, that you guys can look forward to, like there are certain shows that we watch together mm-hmm. that like you cannot hit that button if I'm not in the room. <laughs> we got those. Um, and we've been trying to do a lot better on date nights. We were doing once a week, got out the habit. So now we're trying to get back in the habit of whatever that is, even if it's ordering from DoorDash to the house and us just watching the show, but the kids are in the bed. So we're not getting bothered. Um, or, you know, going out to movies or whatever it is you like to do. Um, so that's kind of what we do. What is the one or two things that we can look forward to every week as a family? And then just try your best to protect those times that you say are important. If it's taking your kids to school, then that's your daily time. For us, it's kind of bedtime, maybe a story, or knowing my kids, we make up some random song or something. <laughs> Say prayer, you know, and then y'all got to go. It's me and mama time. Get it, you know. So I think that's kind of what I've seen across the board and having people on a podcast, just honoring those different times um, in in their totality. Like when it's time to work, they may creep in here, but they pretty much know if the door is open or closed and they hear me talking, 
Yeah. Unless it's an emergency, which you have to define that every single week, apparently, to yeah. eight and five-year-olds. Yes. <laughs> Unless it's an emergency, like, daddy's not available. And then we just try to incorporate things like, hey, daddy, I want this doll if we're at the store. Well, mm-hmm. hey, daddy can get you this doll because daddy works really, really hard. So now we're trying to attach, oh, that's what he's doing so he can afford the groceries or whatever. So those are kind of my two things. And I think that's pretty much with wide variations, of course, what everybody pretty much gets at in some type of fashion on a podcast. Your time may be they know every quarter, like you're doing your day trip, you know, or whatever. So that's what I would suggest. What I yeah, would that's, that's awesome. And and the fact that you have like a transition period, right, from just personally, right? So like, you know, it, it's the, the five o'clock to five thirty or whatever is gym time. Right. So like that's a really good transition to go from work to kind of get through the day and then get home and personal. So that's that's something that I, I might definitely start start incorporating because it's, it's really tough when you go from, you know, working, working, working. The kid comes home, the wife's home, and then you're still kind of in that gray area. And then you're going to have the tra- transition. Well, see, that didn't work for me either because then yeah. I was like, well, maybe I can do home workouts, which I could. But right. it's not the same. Like me leaving now, I'm going to be on calls all the way to the door of the gym. But I know <laughs> gym time, that's my dedicated hour to yeah. do whatever, get out that stress. And then I'm coming home. I think my gym is at like 530. I'm back mm-hmm. home by 7. And then I automatically know, all right, did y'all eat? All right, let's get ready for bed. They made daddy, can we watch a show? Or in our house, Uno is like the bragging rights game. So it may be time for Uno or something. But they know pretty much at this point, when I get home from the gym, it's family time, food, eat, bath, shower, night, night. So yeah, um, for some, and I'm not saying I got it perfect. Like, there's still some times where I'm like, babe, I I have to do this one thing. Mm-hmm. Or she knows tax season, I already know. Right. Monday right. through Friday yeah. until like seven. Don't even, yeah. don't even count on it. <laughs> so I think it's just that communication and find what that is for you. Like, you may be somebody who likes to run outside or, you know, walk, whatever. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying it has to be the gym, but I do think putting an activity to kind of help you transition helps because when I was, I just got out of a surgery and I couldn't go to the gym and I literally just kept working and I'm like, man, the day seems so long. Oh, it's 7.30. I didn't go to the gym, so I never made the transition. I'm like, why are they laughing? Oh, they're eating dinner. It just didn't work. So for me, that's the perfect thing to help me to make that transition but yeah just find what works for you it may be shorter than the hour i'm at the gym it may be you run outside for 30 minutes or 20 and you good i don't know right yeah just that 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 sort of that transition period right whatever it be a walk with a dog or whatever it may be right so like i think that's 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 super super important man i i love all that and uh, you know, again, th- thank you for the amount of value here. I, I just, I-, I can't wait to release this episode and, and ha- hopefully people can listen to this and, and get some insight, man. So be- before we go, I, I kind of like to ask one final question to, to all the okay. guests. And that is really, you know, if there's from a, if, if you're talking with younger entrepreneurs, people who are looking to start their business, what is really one big tip that you would recommend them doing right in, in your, in your experience? Um, understand that you can always make more money 
But time is not the same thing. And what I mean by that is like, looking back, there were some moments I missed because I was so focused on making money. Hmm. Um, because I had came out of a season, like I said, I was laid off. So I was coming from a season of not having. So my yeah. automatic, nope, I got to work. I got to make this money. But there are a couple of, you know, nights I didn't read that story. There are a couple of nights I didn't get to say family prayer time or I couldn't do this event with the family. Sure. And I can tell you that it's not worth it. Whatever that amount is or was, it's not worth it. So you can always make more money. And if you start off by putting boundaries in place, like with clients, they will. I have yet to have a client that has not understood, maybe one, but they will understand, you know? So sometimes like all my clients know, if you email me after five o'clock, that counts as next day. So they're not expecting me to respond back after five or five thirty. And if I do like, it's a blessing because you know, I don't do this. Right, so I must right. just got lucky and saw it and I was here. <laughs> like this may have been that one night out of the week that I get to work late. So um, I would just say, always know you can make more money. And if that client is meant for you or that prospect, I guess, then they'll understand that, oh, okay, this person is not, it's eight o'clock. They'll get back to me tomorrow. Like right. they're still going to hit that button right. or they still will pay you or you still can do great work. It doesn't have to be that you run yourself in the, into the ground um, at the expense of your spouse and your family. So I know we say because we're young, oh yeah, I can do it. You can. Mm-hmm. But you don't need to. It's not worth it in a long yeah. run. Man, that is that is truly wonderful stuff, man. And again, I just I appreciate your time. Where where can everyone find you uh, online? Here, give a shout out to your your socials. Um, socials, of course, first name, last name, Cameron Williams. Um, I'm pretty much on Facebook on and off all throughout the day. Um, if you want to check out our website, just kind of see what we do, how we help. Check out some different. Um, referrals and and things that people have said about us you can go to kenleyconsulting.com that's k-y-n-l-i consulting.com um so you can see all those but i would just suggest really y'all follow me on facebook because like logan said we try to give a ton of value like if you never met me hopefully you watch those and in and of itself that should make you money or save you money just off that before you even come to the realization that you realize that you may want to work with us. We don't accept everybody um, because we try to give it super high touch premium service. But if it's the right fit, we'll make it work. Um, Otherwise, just check out the content that we try to put everywhere for you guys. That's pretty much it. Yeah. Thank you again, man. This was was really great. Tons of value as always, man. Again, appreciate your time, dude. Thank you for being on the show. No problem, man. Thank you for having me. and can't wait to come back. You got it, bro. Thank you. I learned, I learned, I learned.